Hi everyone, welcome to the Restoring Rapport podcast. My name is Seth Hensley and this is a show dedicated to young believers pursuing the goal of healthy marriage and family. You know, we live in a world where getting married and starting a family is far too often postponed for longer than God designed and pushed to the back burner in favor of less important things. But the good news is that it doesn't have to stay this way. As young believers, we have the choice to prioritize what matters most in our lives every day and to live face to face with God and others. Every Thursday and Sunday on this show, I'll be sharing research conducting interviews and reviewing articles on the importance of marriage and family for society. I'll also be releasing exclusive content such as spoken word poetry, allegorical short stories, and bonus episodes for subscribers. Friends, God did not set us up to live life alone. The truth of the matter is that every minute of your adult life that you wait to marry is a minute of your life that you're not spending with your life partner. While some might be content to live with the consequences of this arrangement, I would argue that those who wish to spend as much of their life as possible with their mate are perfectly within reason and soundness of value to do so. It is my deepest hope that this podcast inspires Generation Z to pursue marriage, become the best spouses and parents the world has ever seen, serve with furious intentionality, love well, and discover the joy of hanging the moon for another. To access my sources, subscribe to the show, or get your copy of my latest book, visit anchor.fm slash seth-hensley, or check out the show notes of each episode. All right. Hello, everyone. Welcome to episode 155 of the Restoring Rapport podcast. We're super excited for the content we got planned out for you guys today. As always, this is a podcast about keeping marriage and family as central goals for young believers and prioritizing relationship in a world of main distractions. And as our audience is primarily men, it's about 80%. 80 percent men uh, i thought this video would be right in line of what our show kind of stands for and encourages young men to do and i think it will be encouraging to you guys i think it will challenge you um, but today we're going to be reviewing a video by jordan peterson again uh on on the issue of purpose fatherhood and spiritual awakening and uh, two of those things right there at the beginning are particularly what we're aiming at. We usually we already aim at the spirit, spiritually awakened, so to speak. And we already aim at pre-existing believers. This is not an evangelistic show. It's a show aimed at pre-existing believers who want to have a huge sense of purpose and walk out that purpose in their, in their life as well as, and part of that purpose we argue is being a healthy father. But I'm, I'm hopeful that in this video, Jordan will give a healthier vision of purpose than do many people speaking from um, big pl platforms in the world today to young men. Oftentimes, men are encouraged to pursue what they want, pursue where their heart is, pursue their ideal dream, their ideal career, their ideal um, schooling situation, pursue a higher education, pursue... Um, investing, pursuing, making a lot of money. All these things are high lofty goals. Yes, that matter. But very rarely do I hear uh, men encouraged to pursue the goal that will actually, I believe, is most like, likely to lead them to a happy life because that's the way God designed it. And that goal is a stable, healthy, loving relationship with a woman that produces children in the context of a family. So really excited to get into this video. And I'm really hopeful that Jordan encourages young men to do that because as we've talked about in the show, just young men, guys, it's just, I've never seen such a statistical, um, 
you know, astronomical weight, weight on the side of getting married uh, for young men. I mean, you reap unbelievable benefits when it comes to getting married. Getting married is one of the best things that a man can do with his life when it, when it comes to the likelihood of him having a good one. Uh, men are less likely to abuse drugs and alcohol. They make more money. They die later in life than, than men who, uh, they, they die sooner in life rather than men who, um, get married if you choose to remain single you know into your 20s 30s i mean that that is essentially opening yourself up to a way harder life than you would have needed to have and not only a harder life because hard is not always bad but it's a life that goes against the way god designed you to live and because of that there are really serious consequences as i said if you're single and you're refusing to get married as a man, you're more likely to abuse drugs and alcohol. You're going to die sooner and you're going to make less money. Uh, your mental health is going to suffer. Your your risk for cardiovascular disease goes way up. I mean, there's just a huge number of, of um, consequences for that behavior. And again, all the sources that I'm giving you right now are from Harvard Health Studies or the Pew Research Center, very reputable companies as far as stats go. So I'll include the link to those stat, uh, statistics if you'd like to check those out for yourself. Make sure that I'm not twisting the study out of context, but really excited to see what Jordan has to say. I really don't hear enough people in the world today encouraging young men to get married, and I want to see more of that. So uh, let's go without further ado. Let's go ahead and hop right in and see what he says. Hi, guys. This is just a quick reminder that you can use the link in the show notes to send me a voice message with a comment or a question. That's something we could talk about, too, because one of the dangers of the sort of enterprise we're involved in is the possibility of, you know, increasing the degree of polarization rather than offering a positive vision, which is what you're trying to do. It's a strange book for a politician to write. So let's start with that. Why do you write this yeah. book? Tell everybody a little bit about the book and then tell me why you were motivated to write it. Well, I was motivated to write it because I've got two little boys at home. I'm a father of three and my two older are boys. And then I've got a baby girl who's two years old. But really, Jordan, it was thinking about them. They're 10 and eight, my boys. And uh, my oldest is Elijah and my second is Blaze. And I write in the book about Blaze Pascal. So you begin to, though I don't draw this out in the book, I don't say it explicitly. If you read the book, you begin to get a sense of why my boys are named the way they're named and why these ideas that I write about are so significant to me. They show up even in my kids' names and lives. But thinking about my boys... It's and Elijah and what's your other, sorry, the other boy's uh, name? Bla Blaze for Blaze Pascal. Oh, yes, Pascal, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, who I write about in the book. But it really, it, it was, it was thinking of the, of my boys and my obligation as a father to help them grow into the men that they're capable of being that set me thinking about the book. And then in my work representing Missouri in the Senate, you know, I, I get to meet so many men from around Missouri and from around the nation, frankly, and seeing their struggles, seeing the, 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 uh, sense of alienation they're dealing with, the sense of depression, the sense of lack of purpose. Uh, I have so many young men tell me that that they feel like they don't have any any vision for their lives, uh, that they feel that they the, the media is against them as men, that their educational system is against them as men. So it was really trying to key off of that and offer a a positive, affirmative vision for what men are for and uh, why it's good to be a man. So right off the bat, I really do like the kind of the tone, the motivation that this young man had behind writing. Uh, his most recent book, for those of you who don't know, um, that was a senator from Missouri. Um, you can check out the video for his name in the description. But um, he's basically talking about the motivation for his book not being uh, be, not being for anything other. Or, originally, the motivation for his book was for his boys and to teach them that it was a good thing to be a man. And then secondarily, um, it was for 
random young men that he encountered who did not have a uh, a hopeful vision or a vision at all really of what their life should be like uh, much less one involving service uh, service to others and god so that, that he was he was basically giving them the idea he was submitting to his audience the idea that it is actually a good thing to be a man and not only that but it's possible to do it in a really healthy way and i just love that vision behind his book notice that it wasn't his political career that was not the reason that he wrote this book this man is a senator from missouri um but yet it is not that is not what drives his mission so to speak that's not that that's not what drives his uh desire to bring the kingdom of god to earth what what what's driving his desire to um do these things is his family, firstly, his family, his sons, he listed those, Elijah and Blaze. Secondly, it's the young men in his life who would ben benefit from his work personally that he's met. Um, those two things, I think, are very good motivators, far better motivators than encouraging men to simply make more money. Do whatever it takes to make more money. <clears throat> Do whatever it takes to leave your mark on the world. Do whatever it takes to climb the, the social hierarchy um, and become a high-status functioning member in society. Those are what young men are too often encouraged to do, and what they don't realize is that a far better aim, a far better goal for their life is to, firstly, marry a woman. Firstly, marry a woman, settle down, so to speak. I don't like the term settle down necessarily, but settle down, so to speak, have a family, pour yourself into the development of a healthy nuclear family. Those two things are lasting. Firstly, romantic situation-wise, the romantic situation of living uh, with a woman for the rest of your life is a way, way better um, producer of, of happiness than, than other you know choices that you can make in your career or social social life. So that is, as far as how living a happy life goes, getting married is one of the best uh, you know contributors that we have to that. Not that happiness is an ultimate value, but I'm saying when you are happy, you are better better able to serve others. When you are encouraged, when you are fed, when you are nourished, when you're in uh, any relationship that I would argue God designed you to be, and you're better able to serve those around you. So firstly, get married to a woman. Secondly, have children right? Have children. Develop yourself a healthy family. You will not make a greater impact, a lasting impact on the world through your books, through your political career, through your this and that, through your volunteering, through your uh, charities, through your organizations that you're starting. You will not make a better impact through those, through those things than you will through your children. And I, I can argue that with you from several fronts. Number one, yeah, you might make a, a further reaching impact through your business or your, you know, your organization or whatever in the present moment. But what you don't realize is that if, if the alternative to having children is your line ending with you. And if your line ends with you, you are not going to make an impact beyond your lifetime. You're not going to make the odds are you're not going to make an impact beyond your lifetime. Organizations fade far faster than do bloodlines. Uh, guys, the, the very fact that you exist today is the result of, you know, thousands of people saying yes to the, to the decision to have children as hard as it is and as difficult as it is. They said yes to that, that, um, that choice. They, they made, they made the choice to have children. And because of that, here you are a descendant of your great grandfather still impacting the world all because he said yes to having children. The same is going to be true for your children. If you have children, if you if you decide to have children, you will be impacting the world, yes, for negative ways, but also for really, really, really good ways if you do the job right of being a parent. You'll be impacting the world far, far, far after you die into the generations of the future. You will still be impacting the world. So that's the argument that I'm kind of making here. Having children is a exponentially larger um assistance to culture and society than is 
other outlets of service, guys. So I'm really encouraging people to have children, um, really encouraging them to get married because those are simply better ways to live, especially if you're a man. There are un- unbelievable uh, statistical ben- benefits as well as emotional benefits, mental benefits, on the whole laundry list. I mean, it's, it's really not disputed. Just Google any study on uh, marriage and men, and you will see that they are unequivocally healthier than than men who choose to basically live alone or for whatever reason are unable to enter a committed marriage for the rest of their life. So moving on. Mm-hmm. So the this idea, you, you covered a couple of things there so that with your sons, for example, that you would like to encourage them to be the men that they're capable of being. You know, and I kind of wonder, I don't know if this is a reasonable proposition or not, but it might be the maternal tendency is, I think, to value children for what they are. And the paternal tendency is to value children for what they could be. And then if you have that nicely balanced, and I mean, the a man can value children for who they are as well, and a woman can encourage what they could be. But broadly speaking, the symbolic proclivity, the essential proclivity seems to be that. And I, th- I think that's partly, perhaps, you tell me what you think about this. Women have to bear the responsibility for primary caregiving in early infancy in particular, first year. And there isn't a lot of there's a, an awful lot of taking care of immediate needs in that first year. Like that child's immediate needs are paramount because the child is so utterly dependent, born early and in a state of utter dependency. And then, of course, women have to wrestle with the difficulty of transforming from that state of hyper caregiving where needs are predominant, the needs of the moment are predominant into facilitating the independence of the child. And that seems to me to be where the paternal, the patriarchal, the father is particularly paramount to to encourage. Maybe that's the primary paternal role is to encourage. So is that in keeping with the experience that you had as a father? And does that, does that make sense to you? Really interesting observation here um, by Jordan Peterson. That is that he, he made the claim that men are and value children for what they could be, and women value children uh, for what they are on average. And he didn't say that that was true across the board, but he said that was you know at the proclivity. I believe is the word that he used. Very interesting uh, observation. Both of those extremely important because we are at stages in our life, uh, you know, namely when we're very young infants and also when we're very old elderly, that we are very hyper dependent on the aid and assistance of others, particularly our family. And again, it's designed that way. You're designed to, by the time you reach that stage of dependency later in your life, you know, in your 70s, 80s, 90s, you're designed to have already built a family that will then take care of you, right? And uh, if you have not done that, it makes it a lot harder, you know, uh, guys, there, there are a lot of people think there are no consequences to having children that you can just live a happy life without having children. Well, they haven't really done a lot of thinking about it because when you go back into your seventies, eighties, nineties, you go, you revert to the hyperdependency of the infant that you were earlier in your life, guys, you, you start to need more. Uh, and if you don't have a family to take care of you, 
Um, and if you, I mean, it becomes very difficult, you know, to sustain yourself, to live a functional life at, at all. So, and, and you'll notice people who don't do that. It's extremely sad guys. Just look around at your life. A lot of times the people who don't have children, when they get into the older ages, man, they, it is terrible. I mean, their life is hard. I mean, it's unbelievable because they, they, they don't have anybody to look after them. It truly is sad. So that's why it bothers me. That's one reason it bothers me so much. Um, when people say that, you know, I just don't want to have children simply out of the uh, first stages of inconvenience that having a child, you know, entails. Hi, guys, I want to take a quick break and tell you about an opportunity that you guys have as listeners to become subscribers of this podcast. Now, in order to become a sub, all you have to do is follow the subscribe link in the show notes found in the description of each episode. And when you subscribe, you'll get access to exclusive material, including additional interviews, all of my spoken word poetry pieces, all of my dramatized allegorical short stories, and even more of my article readings, okay? So lots of content will be available to you that won't be available to anyone else. Subscribing to the show only costs $5 a month, which is less than most people spend on their lunch at work every day, okay? So you won't even notice it disappearing from your bank account. If you enjoy listening to the show and you're looking for an opportunity to financially support the content you care about, this is your chance, okay? Follow the link in the show notes to become a sub. Thank you so much for choosing this show to listen listen to. And now, without further ado, let's get back to the episode. You know, the number of people I meet on the internet, guys, (laughs) I'm on the internet in a lot of ways. And the number that I'm of people that I meet on the internet who say to encourage people not to have children simply on the basis that infants are inconvenient and demand a lot of your care is unbelievable. It's an astronomical number. Like every single person who says the word babies online or children online is referring to them in a negative way almost universally across the board now online. It's a shocking uh, imbalance. It's a shocking, unhealthy worldview that has permeated modern Gen Z culture. It's really terrible, uh, and it's going to land us nowhere good, which is why I always want to throw you guys positive resources when it comes to uh, encouraging have, m- encouraging people to get married and have children. It really is. Those, those two things are paramount for your life. I mean, if, if you're a believer listening to the show, which our target audience is believers, and, and far too often people that I hear saying this stuff are believers, um, just to give you some scriptural evidence here, go back to the foundation of the world. Go back to the very first pages of scripture, Genesis, the cosmological account of, um, the cosmogony account of the Bible. And we see that God commands us to be fruitful and multiply and to fill the earth and subdue it. And he first makes to do that, not a business, not a, you know, a board, not a, you know, team. He makes a family. He makes a family, a father and mother team that then has children to fill the earth and teaches those children to subdue it as a, as a, as a team unit. That is the original vision of scripture. You are commanded it's not even it's not even a question it's not a matter of uh you know is this my calling or is this not my calling it's a it's a ma- it's a statement of god's purpose for humanity it's his original vision for creating man and woman that is fill the earth and do it be fruitful and multiply that's not that's not an offer that's why i believe the sex drive is so strong uh you know you're designed to walk in the way God has designed you to walk in. And when people choose not to do that for whatever reason or are not able to do that for whatever reason, that lands you in the most heartbreaking situations you can possibly imagine. Um, 
and it, there was nothing more frustrating to me in my late teens uh, and, and, and early 20s, guys, than um, pursuing the goal of being fruitful and filling the earth and subduing it uh, through the context of finding a spouse and having children as young as possible. There was nothing more frustrating to me in the pursuit of that goal um, than the, un, the, seemingly un, the seeming unwillingness and, and lack of desire on the part of other parties that I met to do that. I mean, it was shocking, guys. I, I met more girls and more guys who were more interested in doing their own thing, uh, their own individual hobby, than uh, you know doing anything lasting with their life, doing anything meaningful with their life. And I'm not saying that their hobbies were not meaningful, but my my point is, there's a tier list here. There's there's a there's a design of God. There's a purpose that God has given us as as believers, as not only believers but as humans. You're designed here to live in a certain way. There are certain things that across the board universally are good ideas uh, for the most part. And again, I would say marriage is one of those, and having children is one of those. So that's why I want really Jordan Peterson to get here into the purpose aspect. I wanted to talk about more of what that purpose is for for us as, as uh, children walking the earth, uh, children of God. I know he, he sometimes speaks from the educational academic side rather than the religious perspective, but I want to hear him talking about the purpose that it gives men, the aim, the target, the vision that it gives men uh, to pursue marriage and family. Is there anything you'd add to that? No, I, th that is that has been my experience, and I can remember before I was a father, and I tell the story in the book, when I was a coach, I was a young man, I was 23 at the time, I was coaching a group of, of rowers, uh, kids, a, a young high school team, a crew team, and uh, this was in the UK, actually, and I remember, I tell the story in the book, I had this moment where th there was a scene in, during one of our training sessions where I saw one of the rowers encourage, take a leadership role with one of the younger ones. And in that split second, I saw like a flash what this, this kid, this, you know, he's probably a junior at the time, 17 years old, what he might be in the future. I saw maturity in him. I, I saw characteristics I had never seen before. And I just, it struck me. It's like, oh, wow, he could really become something. He could become a great leader, a strong leader. He, I, I saw a flash of the man he could be. And suddenly in seeing that, I realized my role, my job as a coach to him was to help encourage that and call it forth. And for me, Jordan, I tell that story because that is a, to me, a, a parallel of fatherhood. Mm. Oh man, what a note to, to wrap up this, this review on guys. And as, as I close here, I just want to reflect on, on what was just said by this, this, what seems like an awesome Missouri Senator here. Kudos to Missouri for having this guy, uh, as a Senator. I mean, this is just, this guy seems wonderful as far as what his vision is and what his, more importantly, what his reasoning behind why he's doing what his, with his life, what he is, is so really, really, uh, really like what he said here, but it reminds me of something that Jefferson Bethke said in his book, Take Back Your Family. Um, in his most recent book, Take Back Your Family, he talks about the difference between babysitters and coaches and how oftentimes parents, fathers specifically, subscribe to one of those two styles in their parenting. So there are either a baby, you're either a babysitter father or you're a coach father. And, the, and one of the differences is that babysitters are thinking about the child in five minutes. And uh, coaches are thinking about the child in 20 years. Another difference is that babysitter fathers are trying to keep the child alive and meet basic physical needs and basically do the bare minimum necessary in order for that child to function. Uh, coach fathers are trying to give the child what the child needs in order to develop long-term 
into a healthy adult who will then be capable of giving to other people. Uh, so coaches are interested in what the child is going to be in the future, what the child could be, like like this young, like this awesome senator just said, what the child uh, is capable of doing in the future, maturity, uh, healthy decision making, um, being an awesome husband, being an awesome father, being an awesome leader for young men. Uh, those are all things that you know, the coach wants for the, the pupil, the student, the child. Um, and there's a huge, he just went on and on about the differences between coaches and babysitters. And I think in today's world, it is extremely important for us to have fathers who do not subscribe to babysitting ideology, who do not subscribe to the babysitting parenting style, who do not subscribe to basically just keeping your child alive and thinking that if you do that, you've succeeded and you've done your job. That's not really what parenting is. That's not what parenting should be. Coach parenting is far more effective. Um, as this, as this awesome man just said, um, and thinking about what your impact in you know generations to come thinking about what this child can do that you're raising in generations to come awesome stuff um, and again in this video so far my 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 concluding thoughts were that they didn't so much encourage young men to pursue the goal of marriage and family as they did list the benefits of choosing such a path so still I think that was a really great video altogether I would like to hear more explicit um, commands and uh, in encouragements and edifications to, towards young men to pursue the goal of marriage and family. Just, just overtly say you should get married, you should have a family. I think that is really important. I think that gives men a vision and aim that they otherwise don't have or that they're otherwise finding an, un un an unhealthier option, basically. I, I think that they need that one instead of often the aims that they have today. So hope you guys have enjoyed this episode, though. We will be back with the second half of this review tomorrow, or not tomorrow. I will be recording it tomorrow, and it will come out. Out, um, in the next in the next episode on our schedule so hope you guys have enjoyed if you have reach out and let me know what you thought through the link in the show notes you can send me a personalized audio voice message give me questions comments feedback anything at all your stories greatly appreciated as well you can also follow the restoring report podcast on instagram and facebook so thank you so much for listening to the podcast and we will talk to you next time